Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! Yes, it's birthday number 64 today. We have, you want to send out these pictures, Eddie? Did I send them to you? Uh, the Of when I was a little kid? Everybody's fascinated by the Mets cap. The one with the Mets cap, yeah, right? Yeah, everybody loves that Mets. There's another one I sent you, too. Did you see it, the little think, one? Let me check that. I only saw the Met one. Uh, yeah, there's another one I sent you, what too. What a phony. Uh, when I was wearing a <laughs> Met cap, uh, that was in... And that was... I looked at the back of it. That's when I was seven years of age um, uh, with the Mets. Now, I was not a Met fan. I was not a Giant fan until 68. Because that's when I met all the Giants in the team hotel there in Philadelphia. So this hat that you see, and Eddie will send it out on Instagram if you haven't seen it yet, is when I was, that was the summer of 67. Now, the summer of 67, uh, uh, I was really into baseball. First of all, I loved Yaskrimski because he hit the, he had the, you know, he triple crown, the Red Sox. I mean, I can't swear I remember every single game, but, you know, I remember I was seven years old. But the, the Yaskrimski year, that was, especially in the Northeast, I remember he's from Long Island anyway. That is a huge year with Yaz. I mean, you know, he had been with the Red Sox for six years. He got there in 61, the year after Williams quit in 60. He did not play with Williams. He got there the following year. And and uh, Yaskrimski, you know, he was, he was, you know, grew up on a potato farm out there on Long Island. So, I mean, that's a, he was a big Long Island guy. And so that was something that uh, was a fascinating theo- deal in Syosset back in 67. But there were a couple of pictures. I remember the first Met game. I was trying to find the date. Uh, I believe it was in, uh, I believe uh, it was a, against the Phillies, and I it was at Shea, it was in the summertime, my grandmother took me, and I had heat stroke. I know that sounds funny, because the ushers came with hot, with cold towels to put it on my forehead, because I had heat stroke. I was totally out of it. I believe it may have been a doubleheader against the Phillies. Uh, her bow... Uh, remember, my grandparents got divorced after 43 years of marriage, and her beau was a big salesman for CBS Sports and got all the tickets. So he gave her tickets to that particular event at Shea, and it was before the Mets were good. So it had to be in the 66, 67 era. And I remember that well. I'd have to look up when the game was, summertime, hot weather, somewhere in there. And I believe it was Philadelphia. I mean, I could go back and give you a little more specifics, but there you have it. Anyway, the, the, we'll show you the hat. Uh, with, and you got to remember, when you grew up in New York uh, and you grew up in the Northeast, in the mid to late 60s, I mean, baseball was the king. I, I know the Yankees were bad, but they had Mantle, who was finishing up his wonderful career. Uh, the Mets were getting interesting, and Seaver got there in 67, 66. So they were getting interesting with the Mets, and baseball was the king here. I mean, there's just no other way around it. I mean, the Jets, Namath hadn't taken off yet with the Jets. The Giants were coming off that long run. They were bad. The Knicks, you know, were a bad team. They hadn't won the NBA championship yet. You're talking Frazier got there right around 67. Willis got there a couple years before that. The hockey team, there was only it's still the original six. So you're not talking about any of the expansion. So it's just the Rangers, the Bruins, the Red Wings, Montreal, Toronto, and the Blackhawks. So you don't have a lot going on. 
on there either. So you have to remember how important that baseball was in this Northeast. You got to remember also, I grew up with Tony Russo, who was a huge Yankee fan, who uh, did not love Mantle as much as he loved DiMaggio because DiMaggio was part of his childhood. Mantle, when he was a little bit more of an adult, I remember Mantle came up in 51. He's 20 years old already, and then he's starting his life. So, I mean, he's and DiMaggio is when he's, you know, his father's taking him to Yankee Stadium, sitting out there in the center field bleachers, you know, in the late 30s, early 40s, when DiMaggio is making catch after catch after catch. He's an Italian kid from Flushing, Queens, and DiMaggio was it. He remembers that 56-game hitting streak, you know, so, and the Yankees also won four championships in a row when he's 8, 9, 10, 11 years old. So I grew up with, in a DiMaggio household, to make a long story short. But I did not, I was not a Yankee fan in the late 60s. So I sent we sent those pictures out today. Uh, I know my wife sent a couple out. Well, I don't know if she did, but I know the Baseball Network did. And I have Eddie send them out. Eddie, can you send them out there if you could? And there's another picture. Let me get my glasses on so I can. Well, I don't have to see. There is another picture here that I want to show that I want to send out uh, on our little Instagram. And it's fascinating. You know, uh, this is almost a third thing where people get information from, but this is all little family here, which is the most important thing. Here is another picture. Eddie, you didn't see this one. Send it to Colin if you can. Uh, here is another picture that I love. Now, obviously this picture, uh, and I'll get this birthday stuff out of the way here quickly, but let me get, let me do it now. There's another picture, Eddie, that I just sent you. That is a picture that probably, let's see, how old would you, how old do you think I am there? Four or five? How old do I look like? Uh, summertime, obviously. I don't have a shirt on. Uh, you have to figure I'm more than three. How oh, five, probably. Five. So that I was thinking about that it today. looks like you have blonde hair, too. So that is the summer. So put that on Instagram. That is the summer of 1964, if it's five, right? Maybe, maybe 65. What do you think? I turned six in October. Right, there's one. There's a good. Colin, take a look. That's a good picture with the Met hat on. A lot of people think that's a giant hat. It's not a giant hat. That is uh, the Giants. New York was black and orange. The Met New York was straight orange. So everybody thinks, oh, that's a giant. No, no, that's a Mets cap in 67. That I was age of seven. It's summertime. You got to figure that's the summer of 67, right? I mean, that's what I was thinking about when I saw the back of the picture. And I had to get the pictures from my mother who couldn't find them anywhere in her photography scenario. And I was bouncing around her apartment last night with her, an 89-year-old woman, trying to find out where these pictures... Ma, I need some pictures. Give me something. So we finally dug up a couple and that is one we dug up now give me the other one let's kind of look at this because i want to think what year this was i look like i'm five years old in this next picture i was thinking about it today because if it's 1965 66 that is the highlight and the run of the birds of mcguinn and i was thinking about that here is the other one take a look uh anyone you put you put that up for him to see it and I was thinking about that. If you look at that picture, right, we'll give it to you right now. Uh, we don't need Bryant, Bryce Harper waving to the Philadelphia dugout. That's right there. I look five there, Kyle. How old do I look? Summer of 64, 65, four or five. So that's either the summer of 64 ready or the summer of 65, right? Would you say so? Yeah. So if it was the summer of 64... That is right around the time of Mr. Tambourine Man. And if it's the summer of 65, it's right around the time of Turn, Turn, Turn. 
I was thinking about it today. The baseball one is easy. That's 67, Yaskrimski, Mets cap. I'm into it. So it's amazing. From the first picture that you see on our Instagram account, that is, I was five. I'm not thinking sports at all. But the next picture, which is a year and a half, two years later, that's all I'm thinking about is sports. Isn't that that fascinating? Nervously picking at grass. Yeah, picking at grass. uh, (laughs) Right behind 11 Harmony Court. Pensive, you look. uh, Right behind 11 Harmony Court. And I used to wait every day behind the Harmony Court because my father took the train home, the Syosset from the city, Tony did, and he used to cut through uh, Gazebra Stables, a horse farm, and it used to be in the backyard of our house. So I probably sat there every day in the summertime, and he never would play catch with me. So I said, Dad, let's play catch. No, he... Son, no, I'm gonna have my supper, my spaghetti and meatballs. All right. So I never played catch. But anyway, I'm probably sitting there waiting for Tony to come home. Uh, between Gazebra, Gazebra, I think it was Gazebra, the stables right behind Harmony Court there in Syosset. But that is me in 64, 65. And then below me, you see me in 67 on 11 Harmony Court, a place my parents moved to the year I was, let's see, they moved in there in 58. They bought the house for $11,000, 11,000. And they sold it in 67 for 19. So though I was born in this house in Levin Harmony Court, a great place. Grant Napier, and don't forget, no, he didn't live near me, but friends had a great little park right next to it. Uh, like we played stickball and we played kickball. We played everything. I love that house. Great little neighborhood. And I was thinking about that today as I turned 64 years of age. And if you would have asked me in 1967, when you see the Mets cap on my hat, that, you know, at 57 years later, I'd be doing sports talk, uh, you know, on radio. Uh, you know, I probably would have said, no, there was no sports talk. Marv was doing a little something. And we'll talk to Kenny Albert next week. He's got a good book out. We'll talk to him in studio next October 20, uh, next Wednesday. But Marv was doing a little sports talk, but I don't think I was listening to Marv in 1967. Later, Sterling. But if you ask me then, I you know what? I probably would have said, boy, if I can do some sports radio, I'd be happy. Because I was an only child. So what do only child do? They talk to themselves. I needed a sibling. So what the sibling was, was myself. My father didn't care about the ice bowl. Molly Russo wasn't wrapped up in Karya Skrimsky, but I was. And I can remember this I can remember in 67. In October, so right around now, I can remember driving my little Schwinn red bike around Syosset, listening to the radio broadcast with transistor radio of Cards Red Sox in the World Series. That's the year Gibson won game seven at Fenway. And Dick Williams said before game seven, Lobster Newberg, thinking his Red Sox were going to win because Lonborg pitched game seven. So he called it Lobster Newberg, and obviously they got beat. By Gibson, 7-2, Lomberg on two days rest. I remember listening to that game as a seven-year-old. I don't know what date that was. It was October probably 10th, 11th. But I was thinking about it today. Boy, 64 years of age. I've had many. I don't think I've ever taken a birthday off. Eddie, did I ever take a birthday off at Sirius X, at the FAN? No, no, you work. You I work. don't think I ever this did. This time of year is not conducive. Have I taken a birthday off here? I don't think I ever. But I love to work. So today I got up. 
Jeannie gave me a great outfit to wear. I took the train over. I took the car over to the Darien train station, parked it, took the train in. And I give ESPN credit because I did not want, I don't want them to know, you know, geez, enough. It's all a little, this is all a little family. And Stephen A. knew all about it, told Molly they got a birthday cake and everything else. Who would have thought three years ago that we'd be celebrating Christopher Russo's birthday on ESPN, a network I killed for 40 years? I mean, who would have thought, who would have thought that we'd be doing that? Nobody. And the first text this morning, first text that came in this morning was from who? Steve Torrey. He knows where his bread is buttered. Now, he always forgets the birthday, but today he remembered it. First text of the day, 640-ish, Steve. So give him credit. Who, you know, would understand the baseball theme. He's an only child as well. So when you're an only child, you need some people to talk to. Walking to school, and in those days... You didn't you know, have mom wait for you at the school bus. You took, you walked to school. And I had a quarter of a mile walk. And Peter Anzalone, you remember when he tracked down Peter Anzalone a couple of years ago in the pandemic? Where in the world did Peter Anzalone go when he found out he was in Colorado? And he came to our Hall of Fame thing last year. Peter Anzalone reached out to me today. And you know what Peter Anzalone sent me? A picture of March in 66 of our first grade class at Saint, at uh, Split Rock School. And Split Rock. I was Split Rock. Split Rock School, which was built in 1927. I lived right across the street a little later on. So I'm going to reminisce today. And yes, I heard from Tim, who put on his little Instagram page. Colin forgot all about it, but, you know, Colin sends me birthday cards. He said, love Colin Russo. Colin, I know your last name. You don't have to, tell, you don't have to put the Russo in there. And Patrick reached out. At five to three, and all Patrick, who's at Columbia College in Chicago, wanted to talk about today was he was shocked that ESPN got me a birthday cake. Because a lot of times we are on vacation as a family on July 22nd, which is his birthday. And that birthday cake to Patrick is in, is a, you have to have it. And one year while in California, my wife did an incredible job of finding a Delhi, a bakery in San Francisco to get him a curd birthday cake. And one year when we were in Newport at Laguna Beach, we arrived on a Saturday. I ordered the birthday cake four days beforehand from a bakery. So when we went out to dinner our first night in Laguna Beach, we had a birthday cake for him. So he's always been fascinated by birthday cakes. And Patrick wanted to know, well, if you had a birthday cake on ESPN data, is mommy going to make you a birthday cake today? And she made, he made a great point. He said, think about it. This is your first birthday without a child there in 20-something years. That is, I hadn't thought of that. All my kids are gone. Last year, Patrick was home. So it's 24 years. And everybody, and I spoke to, oh, I spoke to the, maybe the next president of the United States today, Chris Christie. He reached out and he wished me happy birthday today. And everybody wants to know what I'm, you know, what do you have plans for tonight? Well, here's what I have plans for tonight. I'm going to get on the, I'm going to get on the train. I'm going to read that Kenny Albert book. I'll look at the Sports Illustrated preview thing to see if I can find some over-unders with the NBA with the fat guy in Rapid. I'm going to get the car. I'm going to go home. I'm going to, uh, honey, what do you got to dinner? Fine. I'll, I'll see you in three hours. Astros, Texas at 8.03. That's what I'm going to do. Isn't that me? Isn't that, doesn't that sum me up? That's perfect? a perfect birthday for you. <laughs> That's perfect, perfect birthday. If you want to know the perfect birthday present for me, I'm going to tell you what it is. 2004, the Red Sox down 3-0. One game, four against the Yankees. 
That's the Bill Miller base hit, tie the game up, ninth inning off the Dave Roberts steal. Ortiz hits the homer later on against, I believe it was Quantrill. May have been somebody else to force game four. That game ended after midnight, the 18th of October. Game five started at 425. That game was five hours and 49 minutes. Red Sox win in 15 innings or 14 innings. They win again 6-5. So I saw two Yankee postseason losses on my birthday. One after midnight, one the next day before midnight, the year Boston won four straight. And in those days, when the Giants were garbage year after year after year, Mike and I would have wars about postseason baseball. And the Giants in 04 lost in the last day of the season because the Astros went 36-10. and 10. And the Giants got beat by a Steve Finley grand slam off Dustin Hermanson on a Saturday at Dodger Stadium, a game that wasn't on in New York at, in the 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And I actually called Bud Selig. I said, Bud, how the hell is Fox in New York not putting Giants-Dodgers on at 4 o'clock? He had no answers. What else is new? It was regional broadcasting. Anyway, you can imagine the fun Mike had on Monday, October, whatever date it was, typical Giants blow another one. So I had to live with that. Eddie, were you with us in 04? No, but I was at FAN. I remember all those shows. So boy. nobody. You took a beating. No, I took a beating. So I don't remember the show, but I am sure when I remember Mike downplayed it because he thought the Yankees would come back and win game six. And I didn't think so. I said, geez, that's a bad sign. But I probably was pretty chipper on that Tuesday morning when Boston had won two games in one day on my birthday. And that's the famous story where I took Eddie Coleman to game seven. You know, the great Eddie. And Eddie Coleman that day bought a little glove behind home plate way back there. Mike sat with us too. Give Mike credit. He handled those crowd well. And Eddie wore a Red Sox sweater that his father owned. Because the last time the Red Sox had won a championship in 1918, his father, I don't know if they won that series in Chicago or not, but his father met the Red Sox at the train station in Boston as a young kid to celebrate. And his father had died about a year later. So he wore the sweater that his father owned and came to Yankee Stadium to watch the Red Sox win game seven when Ortiz and Damon hit the home runs early against Javier, who was it? The pitcher from the uh, Montreal? Not Javier Lopez. That's a brave catcher. I forget his name. You remember the right-hand pitcher? Oh, Kevin Brown started the game, got bombed. And uh, then somebody else came in. They, they hit, they, Damon hit, Damon, Ortiz hit a three on home and Damon hit a grand slam. But Eddie was there with his jacket on. That was the day after a big birthday. I enjoyed that. So today, and I'll tell you, who would have thought, again, two years ago, that I'd be celebrating a birthday with Stephen A. Smith on ESPN? Eddie, would you have thought that? No, I figured you'd be, I think you would have hung it up by now. Uh, Colin, would you ever, would you you ever would have thought of that, that Stephen A. would be part of a, a birthday um, on, on, ever in your, or Molly, or, or Molly? Bringing a birthday cake to me? 
They actually asked me what kind of cake I wanted. I said double chocolate. And they got it. From the best bakery you've ever Best bakery, yes. In New York. I forget the name of it. Guy came by, took pictures the whole nine yards. It is fascinating when you think about it. Quite a but, resurgence at your age. Now, but I love those pictures. Did you put them on the Instagram? Maybe there's six people. Well, these are on the uh, on our former Twitter now known as X account. All right. So. How many how many followers you got? Twenty? How many followers? No, you there? have a decent following. Your your, your profile is really about a hundred thousand. Um, more than that. Oh, do we have more than a hundred thousand? Yeah, hundred and twenty-five. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, your your profile since you joined ESPN, you added about thirty-five, forty thousand. Yeah, that's followers. not bad. A little better. Which picture do you like better, Kai? You like the little one there without the shirt on? You like the med hat? They're both pretty good. The one, the one with the Met hat doesn't really look like you. The other one, I can see you. The one with the Met hat, it looks, I don't know. Doesn't look like me, huh? Was, I don't was, think so. Was Tony, I think it's me. I hope, <laughs> was Tony cutting your hair? Yeah, what, what's going on there? Hair? It's crooked. My hair is crooked. <laughs> there you go. Now remember, that is the summer of 67. Five months later, what was that little kid watching? The ice ball. A, a game that I remember play by play. Isn't that weird? I remember that ice ball like you wouldn't believe. And if you see that picture right there with the Met hat, you would never think a kid like that would know the ice ball. Right? You, you think a kid would have a breakdown of the ice ball? And I remember like it was yesterday. Uh, New Year's Eve of 67. And you know how much I love that game. That's one of the... Uh, is that my favorite all-time game? It probably is, right? Dallas and Green Bay in, the, in 59 degree. That's probably my... Isn't that the in that case? We've done more on it than anything else. Right. And Peter Angeloni, the aforementioned, sent me a thing today, a picture of his uh, of his Wikipedia page of Jerry Kramer. Made me think of it. I haven't heard Jerry in a while. Yeah, I, I, I'm worried about Jerry. You know, he's like the last surviving him and Dave I Robinson. I, I mean, uh, the two of them. We need Dave on again. We love Dave. Uh, we'll kill a half hour when the Cowboys play Green Bay. <laughs> we're, we're kill. We're, well, didn't we put him on last year? Yeah. yeah. He, lo- he loves you. Well, when did we, why did we put him on last year? It was Green Bay something. He's we put sharp, Dave on. Sharp as ever. Oh, we loved him. Oh, we loved it. Tom Mack got back to me again. Tom Mack, yeah, a little late, Tom. We wanted to talk about uh, what do we, who, uh, who died again? About uh, Dick Butkus. Oh, Dick Butkus, right? And Tom Mack. We wanted you know, about Tom Mack. Anybody that spot, Colin? One of your favorite uh, spots at the Super Bowl when he had Tom Mack on the old lineman from the Rams. You remember that? Remember that? You probably were on this board saying, "Oh my God, he's talking about Tom Mack and the Rams." Nobody wants to hear this. Please, were you probably doing that? Getting Sounds ready, all right? Getting ready for Chelsea Pier in four <laughs> games in hockey. Right? Lamenting the fourth hour. Uh, lamenting the fourth hour. All right, I've talked enough. We got a lot to do today. Uh, I'll get to the baseball in a sec. We got 10 nothing with the Diamondbacks now trailing 2-zip after the Phillies routed them last night. Game three is tomorrow afternoon. It's a good baseball day tomorrow. You wished Arizona was a game of peace. It's a decent baseball day. He's got two games. Arizona will play 437. And then the night game it was Houston. And that game becomes interesting if the Astros can win game three tonight. At 8.03. So you got a doubleheader tomorrow. And you also have Jacksonville playing tomorrow against the Saints, which is not a bad game. So tomorrow you got the Saints and the Jags, and you have the two baseball games. And the Coyotes tomorrow play at St. Louis. We'll keep an eye on that. And Ottawa tonight plays host to Washington. We'll keep an eye on that as we move it along, as we try to figure out a way to get our points with the Senators and the Coyotes. Only I would be watching Coyotes and Islanders to make sure I can maybe get a point out of it uh, to begin my uh, long sojourn here with the bets. So, I'll, jo- I'll tell you who's the second person who texted me. I said, Tory one, 12.45. You know, actually, he was the first person. 12.45 last night. Give you one guess. Wish me a happy birthday. That's got to be Jai. 
right? Good job. Yeah, it's time to change your number. Jai texted me at 12.45 to wish me happy birthday. How about your uh, fifth son, your fifth child? Jimmy Trainer, you know what he did today? He put up the famous Colin in the bathtub story when we were at the golf. Which, which I mentioned to him, the missus is not a fan of. Oh, she I, found, like I found an old note up in that room of yours, and it said, don't talk about this <laughs> That's when I left Colin in the bathtub because I wanted to watch the Westchester Hanover Golf Classic Final. <laughs> And the damn thing was scathing. Yeah, that was a bad one, I have to admit. That, uh, he was two or three years of age. That was that was a bad one with Colin. He loves it. He put it up. And he loves to, He loves when I bring that up. What was the line? He was screaming and his legs were beat red. Uh, whatever I said, it wasn't pleasant. Yeah, that, 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 that is a no-no in a Russo household, 100%. I wanted to say something else here, and I forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, bottom line is uh, Jimmy Trainer is, as we all know, my fifth son. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82. Mad Dog's Daily Bite is part of the Sirius XM Sports Podcast Network. If you've enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.